This episode is brought to you by Rockstar Energy Drink. Be honest, are you procrastinating by listening to this podcast? It's okay. You just need Rockstar Focus. Choose from three delicious flavors, each crafted with ingredients for an ideal energy and mental boost, like lion's mane, 200 milligrams of caffeine, and zero sugar. Visit rockstarenergy.com to learn more. At least 75 milligrams of caffeine has been shown to help improve attention. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Gimlet Media, this is The Nod. I am Brittany Luce. And I'm Eric Ennings. So, Brittany, Mm -hmm. I want to talk to you today about reality TV. Okay. As you might know, it's something that I used to, like, love, love. You're still kind of passionate about it. Don't lie. I would say now I love, hate it. Which is maybe what everybody else, how everyone else experiences I mean, it. I'm just rolling my eyes because I'm like, whatever you say, you want to be technical. Well, I feel like I used to love, love it. Because reality TV, is like elevated muck. Like, it's people indulging their most base, messy impulses. Mm-hmm. Literally, it's all conflict, competition, and cattiness. And for a person who loves petty shit as much as I do. Very true. Very true. <laughs> It's just a beautiful spectacle to behold. And for a while, like, when reality TV was in its golden age, it just all felt so fresh and new. Okay. It was really nice. <laughs> we were in this, like, nice time, you know? Mm-hmm. I felt like it was just, everything was just going really well. Okay. I still think reality TV is good. It's just not as good uh-huh. as it used to be. Okay. But this change, for me at least, has been really recent. Because literally, like, two years ago... I thought we were actually experiencing some of the greatest reality TV that we have ever seen. Okay. And so because of all this, I, today, am going to present to you... The Three Reasons Why. Uh Uh-huh. 2016 was the year that reality TV peaked. I'm, it's, it's a big claim. <laughs> I mean, I think I... It's a big claim. The thing is, is that, like, what, what people can't see is that, like, you moved over and readjusted your mic and then made eye contact with me, which made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I'm hyped. I'm hyped. You know, even though I've kind of soured on reality TV as of late, uh-huh. you know this is one of my favorite things. It's as of, I know. That's the other thing is, like, what you, <laughs> another thing, another truth that you need to tell people is that while you have soured on reality TV, it is still the genre of television that you watch most often. I just think that makes me an expert. Okay. Who else to bring the receipts but the truest fan? I'm cringing. (laughs) 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 All right. So the first reason Uh why reality TV peaked in 2016. The Real Housewives. Franchise Uh actually found a way 
to evolve. So in 2016, uh-huh. Bravo released The Real Housewives of Potomac. Oh, yeah. That's yes. like the best show on the franchise. Right. So the Real Housewives franchise follows the lives of rich women in different cities around the country. And like the first iteration of the show was Real Housewives of Orange County. But since then, Bravo has released versions of the show from places like New York, Atlanta, New Jersey. Anyway, 10 years after the original Orange County version came out, the show was still on the air and it was feeling a little stale. And that's when the Real Housewives of Potomac hit the scene. If you haven't heard of Potomac, that's fine. Because that means we've done a great job keeping it a nice little secret. Here in Potomac, new money's good, but old money is so much better. It's right outside of D.C. The African-American community is extremely small. And everybody wants to get in. So Potomac is this, like, mostly white suburb of D.C. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, known for being, like, very, very ridiculously affluent. Super rich. Yes. Super rich. And what's interesting about that is there are not that many black people there. That is not surprising, but (laughs) it is interesting how the casting of the show came out. Exactly. They announced a cast of all black women. I mean, and let me tell you how it was an improvement upon Real Housewives of Atlanta, if I can be real. Yes. Something that bothered me about the first season of Real Housewives of Atlanta is that it was that old school thinking where they were like, we have to have some type of white woman on here. So, of course, who do they find but rusty, dusty old Kim Zolchek. Yes. Okay. And, like, while Kim and her ever-moving hairline did provide (laughs) me a lot of joy— I just, I honestly, I rebuke the notion, I rebuke the notion that you cannot have a successful Real Housewives franchise with all black women. And Potomac proved that not only can you have a successful franchise, honestly, critically acclaimed by me as a critic, (laughs) it is also the best one. And I think it's the one that has the most subtext and the most layers. I have to agree. That is the thing. Mm -hmm. That is the thing. The subtext. Levels. So, you know, in Atlanta, everybody except for Kim is black. And You mean the population of the city? Yes, actually. (laughs) Literally, Kim is the only white woman in Atlanta. It's true. But because everyone is black, race itself actually just does not come up that much. Mm -hmm. Which is... seems like weird but like you know they're talking about the normal messy stuff like oh you shaded me at brunch oh you know you don't actually own your house oh yeah. you're not actually really married to your husband yeah oh like you know you wanted to swing just with me. regular gossip exactly yeah exactly yeah. but in potomac what felt really unique is because you know because these black women that make up the cast were so isolated, you know, like because there aren't that many black people there and they're surrounded by really rich, affluent white people, it seemed like they couldn't quite escape conversations about race. Mm -hmm. Like there's one housewife who is like biracial. She grew up like in this like kind of ambiguously Jewish household. Katie. Yes. (laughs) I remember Katie. I embrace every part of my family. I mean, my father's Caucasian. Right. And at the naming ceremony, you're going to see my Jewish side. Right. I love how diverse my life is, and it's exciting to share that with other people who maybe don't have that experience. There was another housewife who was, like, trying to find her identity while being married to this, like, older, rich... uh, Ashley. (laughs) 
I remember Ashley. They had they opened a restaurant together because he was like Australian. He's very Australian. And they tried to open an Australian restaurant because like I mean, what else are people clamoring for in America but Australian food? And I remember he like opened it for her to manage or yeah. something like that. Michael and I are opening a modern Australian restaurant. It's my baby. It's important for me to make my own money and to help my mom and my family by my own efforts because I am an independent woman. I do not in any way desire to just piggyback off of my husband and ride his coattails. Didn't quite go well. I would be so pissed if I married a rich white man just for him to build me a job. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be so mad. (laughs) Well, I mean, it gave her a great storyline for the show. That's true. There's another housewife, you know, who, like, lost basically all of her money and was dealing with that. And she also, like, felt kind of isolated as a result of that. Wait, which one is that? Is that Giselle? Robin. I remember Robin primarily because Robin came from a rich family. Yes. But I remember Robin mostly because she and her husband were divorced or separated, but also continued living together with their children as if it had never happened. Yeah. Juan and I have a very unconventional relationship. Come on, come on, We are divorced. We live together. We raise our kids together. Sleep in the same bed together. Yes, it's crazy, but we want what's best for our kids. And if that means we function as a married, divorced, divorced, married, whatever couple, then that's what it's going to be. That was why I remembered Robin. (laughs) And also, she had the best personality. People were kind of always, like, in conversation with her about her own racial identity, even though she was like, "Uh, I'm black. Yeah, I mean, Robin had, uh, she had pretty light skin. Like, her skin was really, really light. And people were always, like, asking her about herself. But she was always quick to push back. Yeah. She, she was like, I'm black. black. Yeah. It was, like, a pretty open and shut convo. But, like, we haven't even gone through all of the cast. No, we did not get to <laughs> Giselle's crazy ass, who I love. So you have all these conversations about race and class, like, happening throughout the season. And colorism. Yes. A lot of conversations about colorism. I'm going to play you a clip that kind of typifies, like, these types of conversations that felt really, really new mm-hmm. and fresh. So in this scene, the women are having lunch. They call it a come-to-Jesus lunch. Okay. And they were going to hash out their issues with one another that developed over the entire season. Mm. And one of the issues that came up was an incident at a party where Katie, the biracial Jewish housewife, told Robin and Giselle that because of their light skin and light eyes, they must be biracial too. Katie has no business calling me or Robin biracial, and she knows what we are. There's nothing wrong with Katie being biracial, obviously. But to be ignorant enough to call us that is not necessary. The reason why I said that to you guys was because I was trying to point out what it's like. You're all offended by what's said to you that I say that's kind of like, you know, inflammatory, but you said something inflammatory to me. I was showing you your hypocrisy. I didn't know. That's why you said, listen, why don't you like look into your own family history? Because you bring up race all the time. It's stupid. It's offensive to me that you think that I'm not a black woman or that you You think- You told me you were. Of course I'm a black woman. But But then at that point, you told me you were. No, I didn't say that. Yes, you did. I'm not just African-American. I'm also Caucasian. I'm biracial. What the hell is wrong with that? There's and nothing, why do you have such a problem with, with it? There's nothing and wrong with that. And why do you have a problem with me? Because that's not what you said. That's changing it now. That's not what you said. Well, fine. What's you acted like it was a problem. You acted like it was a problem with it. You acted like it was a problem to be black. So have you ever heard conversations like this on the Real, Real Housewives franchise? Not on the Real Housewives franchise. No. It just felt so different while still feeling very much the same. Like, it was the Real Housewives that we, like, know and love. Yeah, it wasn't like... It wasn't nuanced for the world, but it was nuanced for the show. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. But I felt it, it felt like remarkably fresh. It felt like so new. And like 
really important too, you know, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's funny because it's like on one hand, I'm like, how much time and space do we really want to give a bunch of rich black women? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but on the other hand, it's like the rest of the franchise is literally almost exclusively rich white women. Yeah. And like it's been that way for like over a decade. And like the thing that I found interesting about the show that I liked was sort of like in some ways the conversations that they had were nothing like conversations that I might have in my life because they're so rich. But some of the conversations that they had I had heard before in dorm rooms or in classes or mm -hmm. at family functions because, like, I mean, no matter how much money you have. Race always. I mean, Jay-Z said still, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That speaks to the heart of, like, why I identify with it so much because it just felt so familiar for those reasons of, like, you know, I mean, obviously I'm not a rich black woman, but it felt familiar. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> One can dream. Mm -hmm. uh, but it felt great to, like, really hear these conversations that are happening everywhere, but don't often get shown on TV. Yeah. And they just went right into it. They really did. So, reason number one mm -hmm. why 2016 was peak reality TV. Mm -hmm. The Real Housewives franchise found a way to reinvent themselves with the lovely, very messy, very petty, but very interesting... Real Housewives of Potomac. Okay, I will give you that. Real Housewives of Potomac literally was groundbreaking TV. But like, you know, you making big claims at the beginning of this conversation. Like, what else do you have? Well, I'm doing my Stevie J hands. Or Birdman. I'm, or Birdman, or Birdman, Birdman hands. True, true. That's Birdman true. probably first. Probably first. But I'm just getting warmed up. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, I'm ready. So my second reason why 2016 was peak reality TV. Black China forced the Kardashians to kiss the ring. Mm. And what is especially notable about this story is that Black China, a black woman, was able to do this specifically to the Kardashians, mm -hmm. who have been known to appropriate black culture. Mm. Their style choices, romantic partners, and even the way they've altered their appearance show a desire to be in close proximity to blackness without actually having to be black. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it was Black China who was able to bend the Kardashians to her will, that was just something special. Are you familiar with what happened? I mean, who doesn't who know? Who doesn't know? I there, mean— There's probably like a couple people. If you really want a comprehensive study on this topic, I would yes. suggest this brilliant BuzzFeed essay by the luminous Sylvia Obel. It's very A genius, accurate. a goddess, amazing, well done. Yes, it's a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. Do you want to take a stab at actually explaining this? Okay, so this can get really confusing. So Black China um, was a stripper at King of Diamonds in Miami. She's originally from D.C. But then she became a video model, and then she ended up dating this rapper, Tyga. Yes. And because, like, of her change in, like, wealth and fame, she ended up moving actually out to Calabasas, and she became the neighbor of the Kardashians. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it was, like, while Tyga and China were dating or, like, after they stopped dating. But at some point, Tyga started dating Kylie Jenner. Yes. The youngest Jenner when she was still high school age, 17. But apparently also, like, a millionaire already at that point. And at this point, Black China had already had a son with Tyga, whose name is... King. King. Right. <laughs> so um, they had a son named King. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing basically goes that Tyga left Black China and King for Kylie Jenner, a white high school student. Yes. Caused problems. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is like now with the Kardashians, the Kardashians, like Chris, Mama Chris, she was cool with it. 
as any mom would be. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Who doesn't want their 17-year-old daughter to have a 25-year-old boyfriend? Yeah. Who's Do you know a, what I mean? Who's a rapper? Who's a rapper and already has, like, a ex-girlfriend and son, like, waiting around somewhere. Ex-fiance. Ooh, yeah. messy. But <laughs> the other thing is, too, that, that really sucked is that Kim and China had become friends because they were all out in Calabasas together. Yes. Not because Tiger was as talented anywhere near Kanye West. So they were at each other's kids' birthday parties, like— China was in the mix. Then what happened is that Black China, if you reverse engineer the story based on the information that we have now, what it seems like happened is that Black China wanted to exact her revenge. So she went for the most vulnerable member of the Kardashian clan, Rob, who we hadn't really seen a lot from in the past few years. You know, he was being ostracized by his family. They put him down a lot. He also had some anger issues, can't maintain a relationship. He also gained a significant amount of weight, which his family made a lot of fun of him for, which is not nice. Also, he didn't really want to be seen in public. He didn't even attend Kim and Kanye's wedding in Italy. Nope. Even though, even though, um, what is his name? Even though Jaden Smith went and he was wearing a white Batman suit. You know what I'm saying? And like Rob <laughs> Who wants to miss that? Right. Who wants to miss that? And Rob didn't even go. So China basically sidled up to Rob. She got him in the gym. Gave him a little, you know what, little cutty. You know what I'm saying? Put guys' confidence up. This is great. I just gotta like, I wanna come in and start saying more premises and have you explain the whole thing. <laughs> It makes it makes it really easy, but yes, you are exactly right. That was actually a really good recap Thank for you. just off the dome. It's crazy because I didn't see any Kardashian episodes in this whole the whole timeline I'm giving you. I didn't see a single Kardashian episode from this timeline. I don't even I don't follow any of them on Instagram. This is just shit that I know. <laughs> the spirit I just came know out of it. You. So. Black China started to, like, infiltrate this Kardashian empire mm -hmm. by dating Rob Kardashian. Yes. And at first, they tried real hard, real hard to even just avoid saying her name on the show. You know? Really? Yes, yes. So in this clip— that Oh, my God. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So in this clip I'm going to play you, Kendall is talking to Kylie, and she's, like, pissed off because she had given Rob an iPad. Right. And then Rob turned around and re-gifted it to his girlfriend. Okay. But if you weren't following like the tabloids at the time, mm -hmm. you have no clue who this girlfriend was. Because Kendall like went out of her way to make sure that she actually never mentions Black China by name. Wow. Rob is dating someone that has kind of had a bad history with my family, and he fully regifted my gift. On top of it, it's so annoying to find out through social media because his girlfriend posted it. Like, there's some things that just aren't cool, and I don't think this is very cool. I just want to reassert, they all know each other. They've been neighbors. Like, at this point, like, she's been, <laughs> she's been in the mix. She couldn't even, like, bring herself to, like, say her name. Mm. They were clearly trying to box China out. Mm -hmm. But even though they tried to leave her out of the show, like, literally their whole bread and butter is talking about every single thing that happens in their lives. Yeah. And, like, Black China was like, mm-mm, not going away. Still doing this. Damn. It's for real. So eventually they kind of started having to actually address this thing Mm -hmm. on the show. But, like, even though they started talking about it, like, it was clear that, like, nobody was actually happy that this was happening. So I'm going to play you another clip. Okay. In this, Kim is talking to Courtney and Chloe about the first conversation she had with China after, like, this whole, like, morass started. So I called Rob, and he said that China wants to talk to me. And, you know, I just told him that I'll talk to her when I'm ready. And so he put me on speaker... And then he's like, oh, Kim, China's in the room. <gasps> um, I just wanted to tell you so you didn't think I was alone. And so she goes, hi. 
in the background and I didn't say anything. You and didn't then, say hi? No, I did not know what to say. I froze. You're I'm, joking. No, he goes, hold on, I'm gonna brush my teeth. You talk to her. And so I go, okay, gotta go, bye. And I hung up. I understand that Kylie dating Tyga completely broke China's heart. I feel for her in that, you know, situation. Was it uncomfortable for me when Kylie and Tyga started to date? Absolutely. Because China was my friend, but I had no choice but to take my sister's side. That's my sister. I just wasn't ready, you know, and I'm not gonna like be forced to be on the phone with her. Do I think that everyone needs to sit down and talk and work it out? Absolutely. I'll talk to her when I am ready. That is such a bizarre <laughs> sense of family loyal loyalty. What? Because it's like, she's like, I had to side with my sister. If my sister was in high school and started dating one of my grown-ass friends, grown-ass baby daddies, if I was really actually fucking with my sister like that, yeah. then I would tell her to, like, not be dating a grown-ass man. Yeah. That's what you actually do with your family member when they're doing something that doesn't make any sense and they're younger. You don't just be like, see, but you know what, though? That's how you know their family is a brand. I mean, you already know. I I, used, I bought the video game. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I already bought the Kim Kardashian video game. But Jesus, that logic don't make no fucking sense. Right? It's also, it was interesting, too, the way Kim describes this whole situation makes it seem like like she's kind of above China, too. Like, oh, you know, yeah. I'll talk to her when I'm ready. Definitely, she doesn't think that they're of the same, like, social and class standing. Mm -hmm. But also, I hear, like, my brother has this girlfriend who I think is a bad idea, and I cannot stand her, and I do not want to speak this person's name. Speaking as a person who has dated maybe possibly <laughs> several people who their family has dated. <laughs> not now, but I have. I'm familiar with that tone in yeah. front of my face. They were salty. Yeah. But while they were salty, China was out hustling. She was going to work. She was hustling. She tried to change her name. Uh, hello? She tried to trademark Angela Kardashian. <laughs> I never forgot that. Angela Kardashian. Oh, my God. It, sadly, it didn't go through, but she still tried. <laughs> she convinced the E! television network to give her and Rob their own show. Over the, like, protests of Chris, Kim, Courtney, Chloe, Kylie, Look, Kendall, listen, all of them. The checks still cash the same. Exactly. They still cash the same. Meet the future Mr. and Mrs. Kardashian. They're cute, complicated. Are you still texting pictures? Yes or no? And they're about to become family. That's what I always wanted. Watch Rob and China only on E. So Black China becomes pregnant with Rob's baby. So her baby is now gonna have the Kardashian name. Rob and China get engaged. And eventually Kim Kardashian started to see the writing on the wall. You know, mm -hmm. that, like, this was not going away. This was happening. It's mm -hmm. real. And so she started trying to, like, lobby her sisters to, like, just, you know, get with the program. Like, deal with it. Mm -hmm. But even then, the shade continued. So I'm going to play one more clip. Okay. In this one, Kim is talking to Chloe about inviting Black China to Chloe's birthday party. Would she want to go even if Rob? Yeah, matter. I mean, if I was like, hey, I'm going, come. Like, I'm sure she would love to hear that, like, you want her to go too. You know what I mean? I think she feels like you don't like her. I don't know her. Obviously, when Rob first told me about his relationship with China, how I first found out, it just wasn't on good terms. But I don't really know China. I've never hung out with her one-on-one. -on -one. I've never had her phone number, none of that. And I want to change that. I want to change the energy within the family. I want to make everything just happy and that we're all just accepting of one another. Wait, so that last voice was Chloe. 
Yeah, that last was, voice was, was less, I just Sorry, I just wanted to make sure because they sound the fucking yeah. same. Yeah. But we, we've firmly established that they all know each other at this point. Like yes. literally, Black China was actually at Kim and Kanye's wedding. Oh, yeah, with Tiger. Exactly. Right. So it's just crazy that this girl is still like, I don't even know her. But you know what? I don't want any trauma. So I just want us to get along. So she's trying to like, you know, kind of kind of salvage the image right. that they had been kind of like bullying this woman. Right. So anyway, China and Rob had a baby, Dream Kardashian. So cute. Very cute. And Rob and China's relationship just got even messier, like to a disturbing degree. They fought all the time and eventually they just broke up. But for at least that year, mm-hmm. 2016, mm-hmm. Black China was on top. And a lot of people, including me, Really enjoyed seeing the Kardashians scramble and squirm. It was just amazing to see some. They're so calculated and strategic with how they run their whole thing. And the fact that she was able to, like, just infiltrate and just crack that veneer. Exactly. Like, the mm. Kardashians, this show has been on the air for 11 years. You got all these spinoffs, all these ancillary businesses, video games, skincare lines. Diet cookies, waist cookies, trainers. Exactly. Like, all of the above. And Black China, who was a relative unknown at the beginning of her True. career, came in and got onto their show, then was able to pivot to get her own thing, mm-hmm. all why they didn't want any of this stuff to happen. It was out of their control. So I think that sums up why Black China forcing the Kardashians to kiss the ring is reason number two why 2016 was peak reality TV. Damn. All, all same year. I never really thought about it like that. The math checks out. <laughs> the math. Okay, keep going. <laughs> Supreme mathematics. Okay. <laughs> So that brings us to our last reason, our uh-huh. third reason, mm-hmm. why 2016 was peak reality TV. The Love and Hip Hop franchise actually produced a bona fide hip hop star. Do you know who it was? Cardi B. Cardi motherfucking B. Wow, all that in the same year. Yes. So in 2016, the sixth season of Love and Hip Hop New York aired. Mm. It's a show that kind of chronicles the lives and dysfunctions of, I guess, like C-list hip hop stars. Maybe that's you generous. Wanna, you might want to shake that down a little further. <laughs> you know, I, I ain't trying to shake nobody too hard. Uh, but on this season, a newcomer came to the cast. Now, technically, her premiere was like actually in like the end, very, very end of 2015. Uh-huh. But like, don't at me. It was literally like nine days. Folks need to chill. You're you're trying to speak on the majority of the season. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. So here's a clip of how Love and Hip Hop introduced Cardi B to the world. Hey, America, what's poppin'? My name is Cardi B. You might know me as that annoying dancer on social media that be talking hella crazy with the long nails and the big old titties. Ever since my Instagram got deleted, I see the true value of life, love, family, and friends. But I'm just a regular, degular, schmegular girl from the Bronx. I be dancing all around America, hosting all around America. And my goal is to make that money and turn everything up. Wow. Is that not a star? A star is born. She came in, number one, 
to legitimately focus on music and building her brand. Yeah. She came in so laser-focused on just getting people to know her name yeah. and getting people to know that she rapped. And also, she, like, didn't come in looking for validation from any mm-hmm. of the men on the show. She knew which she was is the, great. I've never seen a woman come on one of these reality TV shows, specifically the franchise like, like Love & Hip Hop, just so unconcerned with the validation of the men on the show. Cardi came in, and she was like, not only am I not looking for validation from these men, when you're getting played by one of them, I will tell you. Yeah. I will tell you in front of him. I will tell him that he is trash. Like, there's like a classic clip of her on one of the reunions where she's just going in on Peter Guns. Look what you gave Amina and, and, and Tyra. Babies. And that's it. No, not, that's not it. I'm Are you paying okay? both of their rent? Yes. We you know you're not rent. paying their rent. <laughs> He pays his part. Do you know me? I see what I see on TV, and men like you are the type of men that I be talking about. You need to get from these guys what you want. You get b- out of both of them. And what are they getting in return? What are they getting in return? We got love. They we look got, stupid we, we got on love. TV. You don't know me like that. I don't know if one of them butt shots leak into your bloodstream, but you're being very disrespectful right now. Well, I don't thank know God none of your n- is in my bloodstream, because I'll be damned. Oh, oh, I I show that to my mom at Christmas time. My mom was like, I like Cardi B. Like, she just came in with such force and just totally turned the whole gender dynamic of that show on its head. And I just thought that was so brilliant. Exactly. Yeah, she was just, she was fresh. She was new. She's beautiful, talented. I mean, the hustle, the hustle of her in the past two years. She was at the Grammys this past year. Yes. She's on the cover of Cosmopolitan magazine right now. Cosmo. Most people who know Cardi B, like right now, they probably actually don't know her from Love and Hip Hop. Like, they know her for everything other than her TV experience. I mean, Bodak Yellow. Exactly. You got Bodak Yellow, her relationship with Offset, the girls in Amazon ads. She was in Super Bowl Amazon ads. Alexa, how far is Mars? How far is Mars? Well, how am I supposed to know? I've never been there. This guy want to go to Mars. (laughs) For what? (laughs) There's not even oxygen there. Let's play some country music. I don't dance now. I make money moves. No, no. And I think it's safe to say... None of this really would have happened without reality TV. And it wouldn't have happened without 2016. Wow. You so, know what? Huh? No, go I mean, I go feel ahead. like you was about to say I was right. No, 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 no. You, no, you can say it. It's okay. No. You don't want me to wait? Just finish the dance. That's what you're going to say. It's so cor- You ruin everything. You just ruin it. This so, is what it's actually like. This is what it's really like. I want people to know what it's like. Okay. I want people to know what it's like. So, to recap. Yes. In 2016, the Real Housewives franchise found a way to breathe new life into its show. Wow. Black China forced the Kardashians to kiss her diamond-encrusted ring. And Love & Hip Hop actually helped an artist, Cardi B, achieve hip-hop stardom. And those are the three reasons why 2016 was peak reality TV. <laughs> That is actually a very well-constructed argument. I have to give you credit.
Coming up after the break, I am going to help all of you listeners get your lives together. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad, too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. And now, it's time to get your life together. You. Yes, you. This is Get Your Life with Brittany Luce. The older I get, the emotion that I think that I'm the most interested in is bitterness. I, I myself was once a bitter-ass bitch with unresolved issues, you know? But today I'm going to walk you through my journey to becoming a slightly less bitter-ass bitch with partially resolved issues. I would say intensely between the ages of like 25 and like 29, I spent a lot of time focused on what everybody else was doing and what everybody else had and like not really being excited about my own life. And like, granted, when I was 25, I did get fired from a motorcycle dealership. So like, I had reasons to be, like, looking at what other people had. Like, um, most people I knew were in a better opposition than I was. I think right before my 29th birthday, I was traveling, and, you know, I was in the middle of Missouri. I was by myself. I was at the, the University of Missouri going to speak. And I was laid up in a hotel room by myself, and I was just, like, scrolling Instagram, you know, as you do. And I saw this photo, benign photo, like, probably of somebody's, like, vacation or their haircut or, like, their exercise regime. And I thought, like, just, I just thought something really bitchy. And, you know, of course, I immediately wanted to text someone and share that thought with them. But something that night got a hold of me. Like, all of a sudden doing that, just being mean for no reason, it just felt wrong. And I was just like, ooh, I just don't like the way that feels. Like, I don't like the fact that that was a thought that I had that I felt I needed to be expressed to somebody else. I didn't like that about myself. Something I realized is that I was becoming a bitter-ass bitch. 
and like making myself unhappy and all like stressed out and I'm not sleeping and my joints are all fucked up. I felt like it was manifesting itself in my body. And it was just like, you know, what the fuck is this about? Bitterness comes from some sort of hurt, sadness, resentment, feeling like somebody left you out or cut you off. It is normal to feel slighted. It is normal to feel anger or disappointment. It's easy for those feelings to grow into bitterness. You know, it, it, can, it can also be a short-term thing if you work at it, but we should acknowledge that staving off bitterness takes constant work, not a natural, inherent goodness. People think about being a good person as like, so it's like you have a halo around your head and like you're nice and you're happy. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like so corny. And like, I think that like people think it's like something you have or you don't. And like, I think it's like the opposite. I'm not gonna lie. Some people have the aptitude for it. Some days I might be one of those people. A lot of days I don't necessarily feel like one of those people. But the trick is not to let those feelings calcify, not to act on them. And should you act on them? to catch yourself and check yourself quickly. All of that takes so much work. When I start to feel like a little bitterness, hateration, holleration popping up in my own mind, like, I, it's just like, mm, like I just stop myself and I'm like, mm. I'm like, ooh, ooh, what is it about this that has you so fucked up like why are you so like why are you acting like this I like have gotten to a point now where I can pause where I can be like okay so like what was what's happening here like what are you feeling like what are we feeling what's happening and then um I just sort of do like an emotional scan it sounds like really complex but it's really just sort of like do I feel like slapping somebody am I embarrassed um do I feel broke do I feel ugly <laughs> like I just ask myself those questions and I'm like do I feel unloved do I feel like my clothes are whack? Do I feel like I haven't traveled to enough countries? And like, I just sort of like, I'm like, what is it? Like, what is the thing? Like, <laughs> And then I can actually just ask myself that question and be like, okay. So, I mean, you might be, but like, that's not anybody else's problem except for yours. And that doesn't have shit to do with whatever it is that's got you so messed up right now. So you need to relax. And I just tell myself, I'm like, baby girl, just calm down. And that's what I do. That's whenever I need to calm down. I call myself baby girl. And I say, calm down. Nobody calls me that in my life. But that's what I call myself. I know that doesn't make any sense, but like, you know, it just works. It works for me. Resentment is a part of life. Don't be freaked out by its existence. It's a sign that you need to address something up with you. And the discomfort it presents is an opportunity to respond differently than you have in the past. Discomfort is an opportunity to respond differently than you have in the past. You don't always have to make the same mistakes over and over again. And so now I think because like I've focused on it and now like I feel like I've made some progress on it and I feel a lot happier. I have more energy. I feel like I experience all my relationships a lot better. I feel like my work has improved. I feel like I'm less exhausted. And like in general, I just feel like a happier person. I fail at this regularly, and I've been going to therapy every week for six years, but I'm failing a little bit less over time, and I'm much happier and more appreciative of my life than I was before I noticed my own bitterness creeping up hard body. So that's it. That is my truth. I don't claim to be perfect, and I don't claim to be an expert. You know, I'm just living and learning. 
just like you. This has been another edition of Get Your Life with Brittany Luce. Don't make her have to say it again. The Nod is produced by me, Eric Eddings, with Brittany Luce, Kate Parkinson Morgan, and Emmanuel Berry, with production assistance from Wallace Mack. Our senior producer is Sarah Adraman. We are edited by Annie Rose Strasser. Fact checking by Max Gibson. Voice acting by Brandon Elsie. Engineering from Cedric Wilson. Our theme music is by Khalid Beat. Additional music in the show by Cedric Wilson and Bobby Lord. 